Welcome back, everybody, to Not at Odds, episode three of Interviews with My Father. My father lived to be 90 years old. Uh, Daryl Hyde had a long, long life. Came from Arkansas, worked at the Buick, had other jobs as in the Marines, had a limousine company, three marriages, four children. So I started doing some interviews with him when I'd go up to visit him at the long-term extended facility. And I just now turned this into a podcast, mostly for family, but other people are finding this pretty interesting. So if you listen to the background, what I got going on right now, this is my dad at a um, open house for our twins. We did a spoof of American Idol. We had judges and everything. And he always portrayed a character called Nellie Wilson. It was Willie Nelson's brother or cousin, he pretended, and would wear a bandana and would do a song. And this is him singing that in the background. In this episode, he's going to tell some amusing stories of his middle daughter, Deb, of when she was little. We're going to do a tour of the home that he bought with my mother in Flint, Michigan. Also going to talk a little bit about limousines, and he's going to give me some great marriage advice. Kick back and give it a listen. Well, we was going to get back to talking about Deb, but there was a couple questions I did want to ask about Sandra. Sandra was born in Paragol, Arkansas. Was she born at home or in a hospital? Hospital. She was born in a hospital. And okay. I, I carried her home in a basket. Carried her home in a basket. Okay. A grocery basket. A grocery basket. Okay. So Deb, we did confirm with her she was born in Flint, 1953. Yeah. That's your second daughter. Where was she born when she was born in Flint? St. Joseph. St. Joseph Hospital. Okay. Downtown. Oh, downtown. Not over on the east side? No. So they had, when I was born, it was over on the east side, I believe. Mm-hmm. So she was born in 1953. You said you had to pay to have her born, huh? Yeah. Eleven hundred. It cost me $1,100. $1,100. Was that money well spent? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just had to say that, Deb. I guess. <laughs> you guess. Oh, now you've told stories about Deb. You've got stories about her. You said she drank some drain cleaner or something one time. It was uh, kerosene. Kerosene, okay. And why in the world was she drinking kerosene? I had it set it, had a fruit jar full in the backyard, mowing the lawn, and she walks up and picks up and drinks it. Okay. She almost died. Yeah. I, I was expecting there were people at the hospital that was crying and going on. Somebody get in here and save this child Well, she couldn't breathe. Yeah. Finally, she got to breathing, and uh, what a relief. Yeah, yeah. So you've told other stories about her in school and different things. Uh, you asked her about ABCs or something. What? What's that story, Dad? Oh, uh, when, when she came... Got home from school one day. I asked her, "Did you learn the ABCs today?" No, but I learned Sandra's. <laughs> she learned Sandra's ABCs, and well, Sandra was teaching her. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Because Sandra was teaching them to her, so no, she didn't learn them, but she learned Sandra's. Okay. And did you say that she had sometimes just wear her clothes backwards? She was upside down, backwards. And 
anyway, so you get them on. Okay. Well, Deb, I had to ask those questions if you was wondering because those are stories that I've always heard. So then Brenda was born. That's uh, the youngest daughter. Yeah. And let's see, she would have been uh, maybe 55, nope, probably 56. Probably 1956. That's that's my guess. We could be wrong. Me and her had a dispute over how old she is compared to me the other day. But so probably 1956. She was born in Flint, correct? Right. Any good Brenda stories? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bren. Sorry, Bren. He'll come up with some. And then you had one more. You saved the best for last. Who was the last child born? You. Me. Okay. You kept trying to. You got a good one. Then you stopped. You had to wait till you got the good child. And I was also born in Flint at St. Joseph's in 1963. I just made it under the wire to be a baby boomer because it's uh, yeah. 46 from 1946 to 1964 as baby boomers. So all this time that you were uh, living different places any notable places besides Shippecassie's? You bought a house eventually, correct? Yeah. East side of Flint, Reisdorf Street. Yeah. And who'd you buy that house from? Shippecassie's. Oh, you bought that house from the Shippecassie's? The four houses. Shippecassie's had four houses right there. All right on Reisdorf? Mm -hmm. They all looked the same, huh? You had something different on that house compared to the other ones. Didn't you have a utility room built? Yeah, I was supposed to have a, a baton, and him stupid guy to put a four before. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Who we had some neighbors, butlers. Sold them house next door. Yeah. And then who was it across the street? Wilsons. Yeah. Carol Wilson. Yeah. Then the White House. I'm trying to think who else lived around there. Would have to pull the sisters in to remember yeah. everybody's name. Wrights. Right. Wasn't their name was Wrights. And that's where I grew up most of my life, right there on Reisdorf Street. Right, right there on the corner. Now you've told me that was not your home of choice. <laughs> you had had your eye on some yeah. you had your eye on some other homes. Either Grand Blank or Davison oh, or yeah, outside of Flint, yeah. You was looking at, but mom really wanted to move right there. By the school. Right by the school. Any idea how much you paid for that house? Yeah, uh, ten. Ten thousand. What do you think your house payment was? How much? Ninety. Ninety dollars a month. Okay. Did you ever get that thing paid off? <laughs> yeah. Charlie finally got it paid off. Yeah. Must have had it financed for a long time, yeah. huh? Well, when I moved in there, I bought that place. Oh, I wanted to pay it off right away and Charlene wouldn't hear her. she wanted to stretch it out which she did so he's right there on Reisdorf Street let's see the house when you'd walk in the front door was the living room and it had paneling on the walls on one wall correct the wall you'd walk up to had deep brown paneling am I remembering that right yeah I put that on there oh you put that on there okay there's also a closet that went under the stairs, so it slanted down. Do you remember that closet? You'd start off, and by, by the time you get to the back out, it's just a littler closet because it's underneath the stairs. I don't remember that. 
uh, when you walked in. Eventually on the right hand side you had a stereo TV record player on one end. Well yeah, when some big colored TVs came out, I wanted to be the first on the neighborhood to own one of those. So I went down to the that, that store was about the biggest TV they had, 21-inch screen. It was everything in it, you know. Yep, radio, record player. Yeah, stereo. Yep. Play that stereo. <laughs> then, uh, let's see, the rest of the house. When you'd walk in, if you went down around the right, there was two bedrooms and a bathroom down there. There's a main bedroom and then... Beach me. Yeah. Okay, then if uh, if you came in and went around to the left and around, that's where the kitchen was. When I grew up, it was full of, was it cedar? You got you reclaimed some wood out of something. Well, where did you get that wood from? We moved over there. General Motors shut down the whole east side, you know. Okay. Tore the mountains down. Okay. And uh, we... Me and your mom just go in and take what we want. Okay. So that's how I got the wall painted. And was that cedar slats or what kind of, what was that? It was big wide, well I say wide, but it's like eight, eight inch wide tongue and groove, I think. Yeah, good stuff. And you did the kitchen. Then you had the utility room for the washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go up the stairs, and when you hit the top of the stairs, there's a bedroom on either side with big attic space behind the bedrooms. is up in the roof area. Big attic crawl from one bedroom to the other up in there. Yeah. You also had a garage out back. Um, lot, I say lots of trees, but it was a very small city lot, but had a tree for every one of us kids. Had a daddy trees, yeah. had mom's tree, my tree. Everybody had a tree back there, didn't they? You cut your down. I cut mine down, and I think consumers cut yours down <laughs> eventually one time. Yeah. Well, you should not give a young man a saw, I guess. So <laughs> I, I remember I've cut on a lot of different things around there. And, and so they cut the top off there. Oh, God, you cut your tree down. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the driveway wasn't a solid driveway. It was just like two tracks of block, was it? No, two ribbons of cement. Ribbons of cement? Okay. The house is still there. I think I've showed you pictures of it, and it's not even recognizable. It looks yeah. so different. Now, when you moved in, the siding on the outside was like blue slats. What was that called? Like a shingle yeah. siding? And eventually you went to aluminum siding, a white aluminum siding with black shutters, correct? I went down and bought aluminum siding and did the whole thing myself. You did that yourself? Okay. I wondered how they got up there, but I do remember blue blue siding, wooden shingles. I, I don't know if that's the right word that you call it, but that's kind of what it looked like. The whole time that you lived in Flint, you still stayed steady in the uh, music business. And you was working at General Motors. Yeah. Was you in Plant 4 most of the time? And 10. Plant 10. And then you went to the final assembly after that? Four. Okay. Now, when you was in Plant 10, what was your job? What did you do there? Transmission. Oh, transmissions. That doesn't sound like a fun part of the job. 
Is that uh, rough? No, I'm just pulling my uh, machine and test them. Oh, okay. He's testing them. Okay. Then you eventually moved to final assembly, plant four. Yeah. I was laid off for 11 months. Then they called me back and said, Darrell, we got a job for you in plant four. If you want it, show up down on it. If you don't want it, stay home. Hell, I bet I've been laid off a year. I wanted it. So you showed up. I showed up. And what kind of job was that when you got to final assembly? Uh, what you doing? What different things? Uh, everything different. You ended up being a utility man there. Is that what it's called yeah. eventually? Had a bike you'd ride around? Yeah. I was running the department. Had a tool cage and keys yeah. and mm -hmm. might have been able to get a radio out for your one of your children at one time. Yeah, somebody it, stole it. Uh-huh, but that's, that's past, uh, they can't get you for that. Now, I don't, General Motors ain't even really there anymore. So, yeah, you might have came out with the radio at one point. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so, when I was about 16, you got a... I went on super job. Super, super radio. I had, like, six separate speakers and everything. So, again... I protected myself. I had another guy to take the... Oh, off of the property instead of me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if uh, any of the sisters know about that part of it or not. Probably, but, probably not. But I was about 16 and... and you just bought in your first car. Oh, the, uh, well, the Le Mans. They, Le Mans. They went into the Le Mans. Yeah. And back behind Eastland Mall, somebody <laughs> broke into it and stole that radio. And I had it installed in the glove compartment, so it was locked up. Yeah. And... I had a dummy radio, and then that, and somebody got in there. I'm sure somebody knew what they was going for to get in and oh, sure. take that. So, but you played music during all those years, many different bands. All the time I was playing. With Lafayette and the Sabres, Country Cut-Ups, just to name a few. Uh, the Sunshine, what, what was that? The Country Sunshine Band? Oh, yeah. I worked in some many bands at that time. I don't even know where I was at. Okay, and when we get in deeper to that, we'll we'll go into more bands and who was in them and everything, because this is just kind of an overview. Yeah. So then you retired out of the shop. I was 53. 53. Boy, that, I'm 56 right now, and I'll never get to retire. So at 53, that was great. You still played a little music at that point when you retired, I believe. Uh -huh. You still playing music? And you eventually took on a part-time job driving. Do you remember who you was driving and what you and what you was driving? You answered the ad in the paper for Roger Monsoor. Oh yeah, he had a little Olds KLA. I think it was a nineteen-foot Olds KLA stretch. Yeah. Before they really started stretching them out. And where was you driving around? What was, what was he having you drive for? He was in control of all these. Hospitals. And so you drive into hospitals? Yeah, to the meetings and, that, and uh, back home. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a lot of limousines around then. No, not only one. <laughs> and you came up with an idea. Well, you told me that you talked to him about, should rent that thing out. Oh, yeah. And he uh, said not with his name on it. Yeah, yeah. We rented it out. You uh, ended up buying it off of him. Right. And starting to... The Flint first limousine service. Evidently, the very first. And that little car 
I would sit with it in uniform on the corner of Van Slyke and Miller. Mm -hmm. I think, or was it called Van? No, Ballinger and Miller. You'd have me sit there all day long booking jobs in it. Yeah. And you booked them. And you ran a limousine business for how many years? Quite a few, Ken. About 18 years, didn't you? Yeah. You had, you started off with the Olds Calais, 19 foot, and your last was a big Lincoln that was 30 foot yeah. before you got out of it. You had a long career doing limousines, and then it just got a little tiring cleaning, and you, you you even stopped driving there after a while. I drove, Deb drove, you had many drivers, and we've got lots of stories that we can get into that. So you played music, had limousines, worked in the shop, four kids, married three times, but two wives. They all died. And, well, after you divorced them, though. <laughs> so you, uh, you and mother divorced when I was younger. Then let's see, you ended up marrying Barb and divorced her and married her again. Yeah. I was your best man. Yeah. And my girlfriend at the time was the maid of honor. Yeah. <laughs> It's something, yeah, what a mess. And you explained that to me when you married her the second time and divorced her the second time. I don't know if you remember this bit of advice that you told me. You said, that's like taking a drink out of sour milk and saying, boy, that's sour and horrible, and then doing it again. I did that? Yeah, you told me that. You told me that. You, you was always full of good advice like that. I remember some advice you gave me on my wedding day. In my first marriage, I see a pattern here with us anyhow, that right before I was getting ready to go down the aisle, I don't know if you remember telling me that you said, son, always make sure after you get married to save one night a week to spend with the boys. And you're a damn fool if you spend it with the boys. Uh, yeah, yeah the great, great advice there, Dad. That yeah. might explain why you've yeah. had three marriages yeah. and two wives, but that was something else. Okay, we will pick this up at my next time I get down here, yeah, just, and we'll just keep going with it, all right? Let's rest on it. Okay, all right. Thanks for listening to Episode 3 of Interviews with my father, Daryl Hyde. And on Episode 4 coming up, I think he's going to talk a little bit more about being in a band, uh, some of his band members, Lafayette Yarborough, and plenty of other good stories. So I'll catch you next time on Not At Odds.